It is first thing Friday, so it is time for fix. This is the audio version of my weekly newsletter, made with Amazon Polly and a synthetic voice. Read the original, with all the links, at addictivelondon.com. Fix February 17th. AdTech. If you only read one thing today I would make it this investor presentation that Trade Desk shared as part of their results announcement. And it seems no one told Trade Desk about the advertising downturn. They were 24% up for Q4 year-on-year and for the year as a whole they were up 32%. Maybe the downturn is limited to the platforms hit by ATT? And remember this from last week, worth a listen. The Trade Desk CEO is very interesting on ad tech and buy side versus sell side on this podcast. Maybe skip the first 24 minutes on culture and team though. The challenge for TTD and the rest of ad tech is to ride the switch of money to the hot new areas, Newt, Merchant Media, TikTok, Amazon and Apple. They don't need the plumbing to deal with millions of inventory sources, I estimate legitimate sources of inventory in both Newtf and Merchant are in the thousands. And along with the complicated plumbing, risks of fraud and brand safety issues lots of the money evaporates. A good report attempting to answer how much in fees are ad tech companies charging publishers and advertisers gives us this gem. For some impressions, DSPs and SSPs receive up to 98% of a media buyer's bid, with the publisher receiving only tilde 2% of the advertiser's spend bid. Just like the smart money on the open web is moving to private marketplace deals, we see spend by these new areas looking for the same safe space. Our friends at Aridi are on a similar page and this summary of a talk last week is a great take on the health of ad tech. We've swung from uncapped budgets to a lot more scrutiny, and this has created a zombie movie in the tech space, Kramer said. We went from the unicorns to the bubble bursting to the elephant graveyard. Some of the new entrants are bullish, with both Uber and Lyft claiming rapid growth, Uber claiming a run rate of $500 million a year and Lyft talking of sales up sevenfold. And Uber are trying new formats across the customer journey. TikTok. The concerns over TikTok security balloon this week, with a front-page story on the Times triggering our four coverage. It's mainly about surveillance and what China knows about users, but I think we will start to see questions on the algorithm that appears to have boosted the profile of Andrew Tate, Jordan Peterson, Tommy Robinson, Farage etc. There does seem a lot of right-wing content and the frenzy over the missing woman in Lancashire shows how people can be activated. Or is TikTok maturing and having the same issues as YouTube and Facebook? The algorithm helps nice things too. This week we see the Savannah Bananas become TikTok famous and an author's daughter made a TikTok to promote his thriller, now top of Amazon sales. As its own growth falters, TikTok is trying new tactics to spur growth, mainly focused on tools to encourage creators to share on TikTok rather than Reels or YouTube. And new ad formats are being introduced, with AGR ads, auto-generation and refresh, looking like a neat way to prevent creative wear out. Has anyone tried them yet? Creative. Staying on creative tip, new research from Canner gives us even more evidence of the positive effects of creative on ad performance and even profit. Smart marketers get this. This is a good profile of Nestle and how they are using the AI tools of CreativeX. And Vidmob are doing something similar with J&J. How are you making sure your creative is working well? And are you avoiding the cockroaches of digital media, mobile banners? Happy to help. New TV. If, like me, you are fascinated by the juxtaposition of football and media, a new FT piece on the muted breakaway European Super League is a great read. It argues the Premier League is becoming the de facto Super League. So how do GAFA take advantage? As they invest in more US sports rights we should expect more interest in international rights. This overview of how Apple, Amazon, and Google are going for live sports is useful.
An analysis of iPlayer viewing shows the importance of sport with the World Cup streamed a huge 92 million times on iPlayer, while also reaching 38.8 million on BBC TV. I recommended Four Horsemen of the TV Apocalypse a few weeks back but was reminded of the shorter version he subsequently wrote, Forget Peak TV, Here Comes Infinite TV, and reread it this week. It's a good take on all the moving parts of Newt and how the barriers to entry for content creation are eroding. A comparison between how Netflix and Disney commission content prompted the reread. Disney's mainstream commissioning is now being contrasted with Netflix's targeted data-driven approach of super-serving niches while investing in local content to satisfy increasingly protectionist national content regulators. The Roku Q4 results showed a mixed picture. The data is quite opaque so hard to read ad revenue but the stellar growth of the pandemic is over. Second-tier streamers struggle to reach and convert potential subscribers so partnerships will be a major emphasis. The Disney partnership with O2 was seen as a major success and that precedent has been followed by three partnering with Paramount. It's interesting that Sky are pushing for direct Netflix customers to access via Sky, does that reduce churn for both? Disney boosts scale with live ramp and Experian activations, ad, exchanger, merchant. In an FT interview Amazon chief executive Andy Jassy has vowed to double down on the company's struggling grocery store business. We're just still in the early stages, Jassy said. We're hopeful that in 2023, we have a format that we want to go big on, on the physical side. We have a history of doing a lot of experimentation and doing it quickly. And then, when we find something that we like, doubling down on it, which is what we intend to do. Those experiments can be seen in the UK. Some cashier-free stores are to close, including Dalston, but new stores will open in Monument and Croydon. These new stores have had a tech upgrade so anyone can walk in without showing the app. And on leaving there are now three ways to pay. Scan the QR code to just walk out. Tap a payment card at the just walk out exit. Pay at a good old-fashioned man till. I think this is a huge improvement, and they will inevitably train customers to use the app by understaffing the tills. Just as their traditional competitors trained us all to use self-checkout by leaving tills unmanned. Modern retail go into some detail with their thoughts on this change of strategy. More live shopping is dead headlines as Instagram walk away, but their move seems driven by a need for more simplicity in their ads offering. A Forbes article repeats all the differences between the West and China and makes too much of a distinction between live shopping and social shopping. Both have a role. Shopify agree and announce a new partnership designed to encourage more live shopping and A16's backed whatnot seem to be doing okay, lots of people watching how they get on with their community-based model. Shoppable ads still get lots of interest and Instacart are talking them up, building on their shoppable recipes on TikTok and their Lizzo partnership. After testing the concept in Brazil and Mexico, Shine plan to take their marketplace to the US. Get her to lay off UK staff after Gorilla's merger, sifted. I visited a new player in last mile, Finn who go for green rather than fast. Interesting company. Building on the junkification of Amazon we shared last week now the Atlantic take a pop at Amazon, saying it's impossible to know what you're buying online. But is the TikTok feed idea better for e-commerce? Everyone seems to be trying it, even Amazon. Worth remembering that most of the big CPG firms really believe in e-commerce and the news that Unilever are to invest in 29 digital marketing and e-commerce hubs, to ensure the business succeeds in the channel of the future. Is more evidence. AI. Chatbots make search interesting again, by Rob Ennels. ChatGPT is a blurry JPEG of the web, The New Yorker. Whispers of AI's modular future, New Yorker. Plus plus. Snap doesn't get the attention it deserves. Lots of news in their investors' day, including. 
750M monthly active users, 375M daily active users. Average of 13 snaps created per DAO per day. Two-thirds of users engage with our daily. Time on Spotlight, TikTok clone, grew 100% YY. 2.5M subs to snap plus bringing in greater than $100 million ARR. End of an era? Some top talent leaving GAFA. Marn Levine who runs all the ads business at Meta is to leave and so is YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki. Meta will also lose one of their local stars with Steve Hatch announcing he is leaving his job running Northern Europe. The European Commission has approved unconditionally, under the EU merger regulation, the creation of a joint venture by Deutsche Telekom AG Orange SA, Telefonica SA and Vodafone Group PLC. Are MNO ads back? Liberty Global, the US telecoms group chaired by cable cowboy John Malone, has bought a stake of nearly 5% in Vodafone worth £1.2 billion, as it bets on the revival of its UK rival. Apple Maps is good now, and that's a big problem for Google. Google Maps launches immersive view in five cities, will roll out glanceable directions soon, tech, crunch. If you haven't read the new deck from Benedict Evans you are missing out. Deep Dive, Buying Programmatic Ads on the Open Web